You know what I did want to ask you though was uh, about your your water vessel. What kind of water bottle do you have? Uh, it's one of those um, hydro flasks. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, if you put cold water in here, we've got one of those things in our fridge that keeps it cold all the time and it always auto fills. But I fill this yeah. up and it'll stay cold forever. I can leave it in, in my truck and go out for a couple hours in the heat and come back and it's still cold. <laughs> Now, I feel like I know Steve Ramsey really well to be as bold as to say you only have one water vessel and that's the water vessel that you yeah. use for everything. Yeah. Right? So you're not one of those people that have like a hundred. No, but this is a one. problem because you, you got me. It's a problem. You got me freaked out one time on one of your videos Melissa did about the uh, cleaning your water bottle because it's like, mm. how often do you, you should clean it every I don't know what she said every two hours or something ridiculous. <laughs> and so I, I clean it like every two weeks or something. And it, it's really bad because I'll, I'll take it out. and like, God, this is kind of gross. I shouldn't be drinking out of this thing. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you know what? I think it was, it was like once every, yeah, it was every two weeks or something like that. I don't know who actually Well, I think it, I think she recommended like every day clean it, right? And isn't that the, the advice? I mean, that's the thing. Like I remember like we all kind of like decide if we're going to put something into a video like that yeah. and make a statement. It was like, that's all the stuff that we found. I was like, yeah, it, was, it seemed to be like one of those things that you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of those things in cleaning, but people never do yeah. like, ch like changing When's the last time you changed your pillow? Yeah. Yeah. Or washed your pillow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Every time I see out. cleaning stuff on your channel, it makes me think I'm not cleaning enough. <laughs> No, I know. I, yeah. And I think that should change. It's cleaning like, motivation. It's, yeah. It's supposed to motivate people how to clean. <laughs> and I find a lot of the points that we're putting in now more are based around like, just find a couple simple things that really work for you. Yeah. And that's really easy to do. Because as we literally said in our most recent video, the best routine that you can have is like the most simple and easy right. one to upkeep. Because you're just going to do that one. And you're just going to keep getting better. I asked about the water vessel mostly because uh, as much as Melissa knows how to clean them, Melissa also has like 47 different <laughs> Starbucks <laughs> mugs. And, oh. for, and I know we're just kind of in that like the Stanley mugs are everywhere and people having massive collections of like 30 different types of, and it's way too much water too. I take it you picked that one because it's pretty much the good amount of water, but it's not too much water, right? It doesn't need to be 65 ounces. No, I don't need a huge, cause I could fill it up whenever I want. It's not like I'm going out too much. This is 20 ounces and it'll, you know, I go through a few of these a day, um, just filling them back up and just constantly drinking out of it. But I, I like the Hydro Flask. It's a good one. I mean, I picked it up at a sporting goods store. It's kind of like the default water bottle, really. How much water do you drink in a day? Uh, I probably drink four of those four or five so Fair 20 enough. 100 ounces whatever that is i don't know do you ever find yourself dehydrated no not anymore do you gauge it by your pee i do i mean that is one that is a good way to do it yeah if you're peeing really yellow you, you should probably drink some water I, like it's it's funny how like through all of the self-help stuff that I've been listening to and whatnot. And everybody obviously talks about drinking water. No one uses that as like a, literally the easiest metric to just kind of see. Right. And then the other thing I noticed was like just dry skin, just feeling yep. dry. Like mm -hmm. when you're dehydrated, you're actually dry. It's very really strange. Are. So I would see dry skin like, 
I'm dehydrating. Go and drink water yeah. and then also go and exfoliate and take care of my dry skin. One of the most dehydrating things is drinking. I remember that used to be a problem when I, when I drank, it would just be, it's totally, it just takes all of the water out of your body. I think, I think that contributes to people getting drunk too. It's like, it's like drinking ocean water where it's like, it works negatively where yeah. it like the short term makes you feel like you're like getting something, but then the alcohol just sits in your tummy and just makes you more and more thirsty yeah. and you get more and more dehydrated. <laughs> You know what I did yesterday? This is a dumb thing. I don't know why, but I was, I was trying to figure out when exactly it was when I quit drinking, and I, because I don't, I don't have like a specific day or anything. So I was doing all this like detective work, looking through old Google photos and videos that I shot, and I, I could pick up on try to find clues and try to remember exactly what I was doing, like when I was shooting that video, looking in the background, seeing if I saw any beer bottles or anything, and mm -hmm. even just looking at my physical appearance. And I can definitely tell the change in physical appearance when I when I quit drinking. Uh, after a while, but it was, it was kind of an interesting little experiment to just go back. And so I've pretty much pinpointed it to early 2014 is when I quit. I'm not really sure exactly when it could have been anywhere from February through April, May. I don't know. Is it fair to say that that was the most significant thing as far as your change is concerned? Yeah. As it pertains to like that video which you made, which is like, hey, look yeah. how... You know, what's yeah. interesting is looking back on those, I can see I changed my shop around that same time too. And I, because I used to have like like special beer bottles that I'd saved, unique ones and everything. And I had those kind of stacked up on, on work counters you know on display and those aren't there anymore and so i think i just kind of got rid of everything that was associated with that <laughs> it's kind of i remember it, it used to be like college chic to kind of do that yeah. like you could like decorate with your empty liquor bottle but i remember always still kind of doing it yeah. like if you got a really nice bottle it's like oh, i'm gonna keep this nice bottle of wine remember that time i drank this nice bottle and you don't do that really with anything else no and when i recently stop drinking i did the same thing i went through and i grabbed all of the bottles like we don't we don't need empty empty alcohol but is there uh are there easter eggs and old uh woodworking from your mortals videos that we can go looking and see if we can find like bottles in the background <laughs> probably yeah if you go through the earlier ones you definitely see them you know on the workbench or wherever as i'm working I, some of them i've some of those videos i've actually just privated i don't even like to have them up there anymore it was a long time ago but you know what i was doing today i've been cleaning my shop i mean a thorough thorough cleaning because i'm doing this shop tour video that i do every few years and people really like those and so it's a good chance for me to like deep clean, like clean the, cause I've got like pictures hanging on the walls and stuff and just take them down and wipe them clean with a damp rag, get all the sawdust off of them. It's amazing. Sawdust is everywhere in a shop. And so I've been cleaning them, cleaning under workbenches, pulling everything out, kind of rearranging things a little bit. And so it's, it's a very refreshing time at the beginning oh, of the year for, for you. Me. Do you edit the stuff on your on your wall back yeah. there? So, or just like in general? Do I've you, removed oh, yeah, stuff here and behind me and I'm moving it around, getting rid of stuff that just isn't sparking joy anymore. <laughs> and some of the stuff, I, I, I got a lot of things that like uh, viewers have sent me, like both of these things behind me are things that viewers sent me. I really like those, those little yeah. 
but I'll probably move them around and, and I won't throw those away. I'll just keep them. And then some other time I may put them back up on the wall. But I think those two in particular, I'll probably keep. Yeah. It looks like something is missing. I can't put my finger on what it I is. I had a Jason. Uh, oh, that's right. It seems a little painting. less violent. That's what, that's it, what is. it is. You yeah. seem a little less violent. <laughs> I've moved it today, all over. Steve. The funny thing is, is I'm thinking about this, this video. How do I approach this? Because one of the first things I want to do is kind of like say, okay, this is... The, the stuff you're seeing on the walls is because I'm a huge horror movie fan because I, otherwise the comments, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but the comments are just like filled with what is all that stuff on your wall? You're evil. It's scaring mm. me. Mm. But that's good engagement. It is. That helps with views. <laughs> <laughs> also in that, in, in this upcoming shop tour video, you're, you're also talking about making like a switch to the way that you're going to be kind of so it's not really a switch it's what i'm thinking about doing or i'm not thinking about doing i've decided to do is to kind of promote my patreon more kind of make my patreon a more active part of woodworking for mere mortals i mean i've had the patreon for over a decade now i'm sure i was like one of the first people on there but i've never i never really promoted it just kind of sits there it's a donation platform if people want to help donate and it's always kind of hovered about the same for a while, but I got kind of inspired by watching Joel Haver's video about because he's switching to doing all feature length films now. And so he's really uh, it, it promoting his Patreon and people to help out that way to help fund these. And he's having really good success with that. And then, and his point is, I just don't feel right doing like making a movie and then putting a you know a Squarespace ad in the middle of it. It's just so weird. And so this is kind of my thought too, is I've been kind of going back and forth thinking, well, do I want to do some sponsored spots again? I'm constantly getting hit up for these things. And, and I haven't done any sponsored spots in my videos for like seven, eight years, well, seven years since 2017. And so I'm kind of thinking, yeah, do I want to do that? Do I not want to do that? But I think it's just not, it doesn't feel right at this point to start doing those again for basically a bunch of crap that I don't care about at all. And that's, that's the other thing you, you always hear YouTubers saying that I wouldn't do sponsored spots unless it's a brand I could really get behind. And maybe that's true, but honestly, when I was doing those sponsored spots, I didn't really care about any of these brands. I, you know, Audible was fine, but it's not something I would actively have gone out to, <laughs> to use or something or buy, you know, so I don't know. It was kind of a and weird And there's thing. a reason why Audible doesn't do it anymore. The same amount of money isn't available with these, like, there's, there's no more like large, large, I mean, of course, I, I, I'm not going to deal with Mr. Beast, but Mr. Beast also earns his money, not now directly through the sponsorships. It's through him, like literally creating businesses yeah. and, and all of the rest. So, and a like, billion dollars in AdSense money too. <laughs> <laughs> and the other, like, so the other stuff, at least that we consume stuff like uh, document, like 20 minute mini documentary mm -hmm. kind of like what seems to be somewhat popular on YouTube now, their sponsors are just they're garbage. Yeah. They're like either like uh, vi video games for your phone or like some useless app that you wouldn't use or like a, a meal delivery system. Mm -hmm. And I think we've kind of seen the decline for quite a while. We we actually haven't at 
clean my space because we were always in the bubble of working with like Dyson and LG yeah. and and all of the rest. But how many creators now are like actually straight up leaving the platform mm -hmm. to either go do Patreon or just find another way because either you're quitting because you're not interested in making videos anymore or you're quitting because you realize even if you had the energy to keep making these videos, you just can't fund them anymore. Yeah. Because, yeah. And, you know, there's for me, and I... I, we got to get into this whole business about these YouTubers dropping off this year because it's a it's a rash of them. But as to, to just kind of wrap out the Patreon point, I just like the idea of being able to create art and be funded historically by patrons yeah, of the art, patrons. people who actually yeah. want to support this artwork and not be so held back and held down by a sponsor and just using your audience as kind of pawns. They're basically just numbers that you're selling to a third party. And so I think that this is a, is a much more honest, direct route for me personally. I, I mean, I understand people who want to do sponsored spots. That's a lot of money I've been leaving on the table for the past seven years. <laughs> and yeah. I understand a lot of people, that's basically the only way they can make a living on YouTube because they don't, may necessarily have a type of channel where they could sell a product or and plus the adsense revenue itself isn't really that great this, anymore this is gonna be very interesting for patreon because th they're capturing a lot of creators very early on but they're in the unique position of they've been around forever they literally spun out of What's the backstory with them? Because you basically started when it was something else. No, right? it wasn't was something Hank else. Green's... There was two. They started at the same time. Patreon started the same time as Hank Green started Subbable. And so the idea was at that time, everybody was really upset with the whole subscription model. <laughs> like, like that hasn't changed. But it was mainly that it was the sub box on YouTube that you were like not getting the subscriptions that you signed up for and you weren't seeing this stuff and you know, nothing, nothing's really changed there. But mm. the, um, and so they were like, we need a subscription where it really means something. So you could subscribe to a channel and if you want, you can donate money to that channel. So Hank Green contacted me and a few other creators and had us sign up uh, for this you know, brand new thing they were starting. So there was only a handful of us. There's like a dozen of us or something. There wasn't very many. And I thought that was just a really cool, cool idea. Well, it was at the same time that Patreon started and Patreon just started amping it up. I mean, they were full mm -hmm. steam. Whereas I think Hank and John Green probably had a lot of other things. Go they always have a lot of things going on. And I don't think that they could really devote the time to subable that they needed to, to get it to really functioning. So even it eventually just sat there with just this handful of creators while Patreon was kind of going through the roof. So they sold it to Patreon. So all of us who were on subable transferred over to Patreon. So that's how I got on Patreon. I, I, it sounds like it was just too cutting edge at the time. Like it would have worked literally if it had its peak, maybe two years later, three years later, when we realized that, there needed to be more than just like brand engagements or, or figuring out how to mm -hmm. make money in order to right. what they've always stood for, which is literally just showing people like, here's an account where you can support multiple different types yeah. of artists, people who draw or do, do whatever, but basically people who have made the commitment to the art and don't want to sully the art with, yeah. you know, and that's brand sponsorship. One of the, the things rest. I like about Patreon 
as it's evolved is that it's not just about YouTubers. I think that that was kind of early on that was they were everybody was YouTubers on there, but now it's yeah. artists and makers and creators and writers and all kinds of people. They may not even be on YouTube at all. Maybe they have an Instagram yeah. presence or something or even TikTok people, but there's a lot of different ways. So it is really becoming the or it has become, I think, by now, the default way to fund artists that you like. And the one really neat thing which might come out of this is exclusive content, which is available on Patreon, will become perhaps so good that that in itself becomes, like it becomes a bit of a competition to YouTube it could. where the exact same creator can be like, great, but you know, I always use YouTube as the free mm -hmm. kind of like we all bring our fishing rods and, and, and come to YouTube to see what you can catch, but you bring your catch back home into your, into your own space. But I, I feel remiss because I, I was talking about YouTube membership so much not too long ago because YouTube basically took the exact same concept and yeah. they've been pushing it on creators, on the creators, quite like they had been pushing the shorts things on creators. But it was very effective for me because I thought the barrier to entry of supporting people would be having to go to Patreon and sign up for an account. And yeah, it's friction. In as a Right. As opposed to just going on YouTube and being, oh, this person also has a 79 cent or whatever, the $7 tier or yeah, something one like click that. And you're I in. can get exclusive content. So the rub is that only works if you offer stuff to people um, in return for the most part. Like, hey, we'll give you some kind of whatever. And it certainly serves YouTube well because they take a cut off of that. So again, it comes around to like, ah, oh, it's so disingenuous when they you know, push something because it really seems to be pushing for self-serving purposes. Um, but ultimately, the thing that came out of conversations with other creators that we know and whatnot, when it came down to it, it's like, we don't want to keep hitching our wagon to this YouTube yeah. thing and having everything have a take a cut and then being like, oh, encourage them to tip you or to super chat you or to, uh, uh, to uh, get your store online so you can start selling your merch. And it's like, I get it. I get how I was actually understanding that. You're like, oh, you're creating the one and done. But I guess it's the same thing that Amazon did where it's like you end up pushing away from it at the end of the day because you limit too many of the nuances and whatnot. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the people who are over on Patreon and who took the time to put their credit card down and create and like want to support the arts, at the end of the day, those are the people that I want in my audience anyways. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's probably why the YouTube membership thing, I don't hear, well, frankly, I don't hear any YouTubers promoting YouTube memberships. No. I mean, it was a very short-lived. No, it went dark thing. really early. It really yeah. did, and that's is this is kind of a thing that I don't know. This is a thing that bugs me a lot, oh, and and more so lately is how much YouTube really pushes new stuff. I mean, obviously they're coming out with new features; they want to push it, but how kind of they they basically straight up lie about a lot of this the benefits of these things that you're going to get in order to get you to sign up and i think back to shorts as being a good example of that how uh creators were specifically specifically asking youtube and their partner managers and whoever they would have whoever they could contact 
if I create shorts, will this negatively impact my channel? And this is from established creators, people who have already been making long form content on YouTube and YouTube over and over again kept saying, no, we want you to keep, just keep putting them on your regular channel. It won't hurt it at all. It's great. Post them whenever you can. Post as many as you can. Well, here we are, what, three or four years into shorts, and you can see the results of that. You can see the, the Matt Pat over at Game Theory had a video on the shorts and the impact it has on, on regular YouTube channels, and it will, the shorts are eroding long-form content channels. Absolutely. And um, all of the things that they got behind sputtered out the community tab sputtered out shorts is not sputtering out but like they're like Ugh. and isn't it funny how game theorist was the uh, or game theory is the you know the same channel that released that a few weeks ago and now he's straight up yeah so know, we got to get into this what's the deal man it's like this is the year for youtubers quitting i mean first if we had tom scott and we've got there's mm -hmm. there's a whole litany of these people even even matt pat reference is Tom Scott is kind of like, well, he did it. So I guess I might as well. And so these are like, I mean, at this point, OG YouTubers, because they've been around longer than a decade who are, and Matt Pat, it's a third of his life. I mean, it's hard to believe Matt Pat's almost 40 now, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. He looks right? great for his age, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, he was like, this was a third of my life and it's hard to give it up, but I am going to. And he's still going to be involved. I mean, the game theories channels are massive and they're, you know, I think he's, he's done really well for himself. But I can see where it's just over time, you just got to move on and get a break and do something different. And I think that's where he's coming from. And I think there just needs to be final chapters to a lot of YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. Like I get how some YouTube channels can figure out like we're in that space now. We keep, we don't produce original content at the same clip that we no. can because we have a million other things going on that we yeah. don't have the resources to kind of do that. We found other ways to repurpose and now we're trying to find how to like make videos efficiently as possible. But like a channel like that with 18 million subscribers and needing to put such so much effort into one video and what they're realizing is even if it gets 3.5 million views we're just not like it you know brand sponsorships are only like a hundred thousand dollars now versus they used to be yeah four hundred thousand right. like that is the reality we know creators like where engagements used to be ten thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars are now three thousand dollars or five thousand dollars you you scrape as much as you can and i know we normally don't like boldly state numbers like that but to me that's the reality like that's the truth mm -hmm. like the brand deals that were available up to the pandemic and then even in some cases through the pandemic but i think we're over the age of influencer and i think we're over the age of thinking that someone who has a big audience who will have my product and say something about it it doesn't work for the brands it's not working for the influencers so now i think a lot of the structure of what youtube is built on upon is, which is relying upon the videos to be hosted free because they're funded that way. 
now we're starting to see the cracks in it. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes back to the advantage that Patreon has because they'll just appeal to all the artists and the artists will be like, great, I'll just leave my stuff here because I know that it's the actual fans who are supporting me. So if you want the good stuff that you remember that used to be available on YouTube, it's over here. Yeah. And then you again, you use YouTube as that like, eh, try to find new free viewers. I guess that's the way I feel about my own channel and and how it's you know ebbed and flowed over the years and ups and downs. And it's just kind of the nature of it. But right, right now, I, I really feel like I'm this year in particular, I'm at this like, kind of a pivotal point of change. I'm not going to quit YouTube. I'm going to keep doing my videos because I enjoy doing YouTube videos and I enjoy making woodworking projects, but I'm not going to do that exclusively. And this is going to be the thing that I really want to focus on this year is I, and I even mentioned this in my recent newsletter, I sent out to all the, all the people who read that thing. And, and it was like, I will. I need to do creative projects for myself. I need to yeah. do some art projects that I've been wanting to do for years. There's a lot of things I enjoy doing that YouTube kind of prevents me from doing. And I think this is what a lot of YouTubers are feeling: is that once you start getting into this 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 treadmill of YouTube there's almost no jumping off of it because you just have to keep, the more you do it, the more it's like a drug, you know, you just have to keep doing it, but you, you don't want to be addicted to it, but the kind of the audience, the numbers, the money, everything starts coming in. You're like, well, I got to keep this train. I got to keep this rolling, you know? And so I don't know. It's just, so I'm hoping with a Patreon will sustain the YouTube channel well if i can yeah. get people who are willing to help out over there um but i it will allow me time to do projects of my own which i'm really interested in doing and not posting on youtube just if nothing else just to kind of clear my head and give me some solitude and, and just just some some peace of mind knowing this is something i want to do and if I'll probably post the results on Instagram because I don't give a shit mm -hmm. who watches stuff on Instagram. It means nothing. You know, it's not like YouTube where all those analytics and the numbers are so, <laughs> so important. But so that's, that's where I am. Yeah. We're going to look back at that and cringe, aren't we? We're going to cringe hard on our interest in analytics and our like, oh, are you, are you an analytics? Do you deep dive into the, because we all got sucked I already do it. cringe at it, but I still do. I mean, it's not like I give up on analytics. I still am interested oh, in, course. I look basically at that first page and I'm interested mm. in seeing, you know, if it's at one out of 10 or three out of 10, kind of, right. but I don't do anything with that information you know it's not like it it's not actionable to me it's like interesting to me like oh that video performed four out of ten okay it's not bad but what do i do with that information nothing right. <laughs> it, sh it basically shows me when i fall in and out of the algorithm yeah graces yeah which is i mean obviously that's good it helps me kind of inform the next content but again we're not supposed to be wrapped up in anything that word previously as a it's usually stuff i already know i mean i know my halloween video is going to be shit and so it's 10 out of 10 and you know so it's not i can look at those numbers and go yeah i guess makes sense yeah and we've also had enough videos like shoot to the moon after day 216 <laughs> yeah, you, and it throws all the analytics yeah. out of it like when you're speaking to someone who is any of the accountants or any of the people who are like business-minded that we've had to like explain how 
like a YouTube video works and like the economics maybe almost of like how to like mm -hmm. balance your content to create like it's dumb it's stupid and it's dumb and I think that's the thing that mostly creates the burnout because to your point it gets away from making the art I sent you that clip I think yesterday of Rick Rubin yes. talking on a podcast student I have no idea what he's talking about what, what, what a great point I don't make art for other people I make art for me right. and then you put it out there and then see what happens do you think when you're making videos or when you make videos like this because you've done this in the past does it feel different when you're filming it like is it nice to know when you're filming something that the people that are consuming it are this particular group of people who are like direct supporters of you uh you talked about like the video i'm working on now the uh, just in general if you were to start putting oh i see making the videos that i want right. to make you make the content yeah. to like reward the people who come over so let's say yes. five thousand people go to what steve ramsey on patreon and sign up to support steve <laughs> uh, so a bunch of people do that to, and you start putting videos together like would it feel different on the back end like yeah. when you're putting those videos together yeah totally i think so because i i, I everybody who makes a video is i mean the 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 business people will tell you you have to have an avatar you know have this person right. in mind but everybody who makes videos kind of already does that anyways and and not to get into the business speak of it but i've always had kind of that when i make a video think who's going to watch this who's going to to who is it going to appeal to and there's a couple of types of videos i've made i've made the the goofy videos these are the three worst tools you can have for doing x or whatever and I, whenever I make those videos, I don't have that same person in mind. I have like this vague algorithm robot kind of person who's like, I, I, what I'm hoping is that somebody will just, people will just stumble across that video, it'll get engagement. So those kind of videos are only made for other people that I am not making that for myself. I wouldn't make a video about- Those are your fishing videos. Those are the fishing those videos. videos, yeah. And those are the ones in. that I haven't made in over a year now, because a, a year ago is when I started to, uh, when I decided to go back to just my roots and started just making project videos again. And that's why I had fewer videos last year and I started making, and those videos are so much more satisfying because I know who I want to watch that and I know it's a smaller group of people, but I'm happier doing that. And in the current YouTube environment, it's it's unsustainable to do seven minute long listicle video. Like we would love to bang those out all all you can, but you need to make a video, have enough watch time to encourage yeah. all of the other metrics. So again, it brings to light, oh, now it's not as broadcast myself as it used to be. No. Now it's like another form of- It's just another way to eat at your soul. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> producing this kind of content and we're tired of our souls being eaten i changed uh, i changed true. our instagram bio really i took i took yeah and even on the on the website i'm going through and uh, chatandsteve.com for anybody who's listening mm -hmm. who's never known that we have a website um i just starting to take out the youtuber word to be honest mm -hmm. with you because uh, i think it should i don't know what to replace it with <laughs> because I hate the. I like that. I, Engaging I, conversations and stories from the most creative people on the internet. That's, that's there something. There you go. Doesn't have Talk to be. with YouTube. the internet, right? Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be YouTube. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, we just recently, I uh, recently had talked to Daryl, who has a YouTube channel, and it's one of the things he does, but it's like, no, 
he's creative in so many other ways that are not limited by what he he's a great example of someone who's built a massive audience elsewhere took that exact same knowledge puts it together bang on videos but again just because you're lost in the mix now and it's very hard to get any kind of exposure unless you play a particular game on youtube it, it it's hard to like push into that category yeah. it's one of the reasons why i think it 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 solidified that TikTok was nonsense because anybody who was on TikTok who became big on TikTok who tried to do a YouTube channel and that didn't translate I think that's I think that's a good example of like YouTube is still that bar where it's like yeah. you really need to show up now to to be discovered on YouTube This is one of the points that Matt Pat made in his video about shorts was that that's is the fundamental difference between YouTube and TikTok is that people on YouTube have always followed creators they subscribe yeah. they go to their channel page they look through all of their videos TikTok is not set up that way at all you can follow people obviously people do but you don't have this like uh, investment in the actual person because it's set up to just scroll from one video to the next you're not really actively following creators one of the things that he also mentioned in that video that I'd never thought of as much as I hated and I was like, man, there's something wrong with the short form content. It seems like a, like a bad, cheap drug <laughs> from like a science fiction movie type of thing. And he pointed out that when you have a YouTube channel, the creator, that's the creator's domain. They can place the videos in order. They can put a trailer up there to uh, uh, appeal to people. They understand their content buckets and YouTube has done a great job. And even with having the shorts and like the great, so it's great. It's a wonderful mix of, of, uh, of all of these different things, but you go to TikTok and you consume just by whatever, and the creator's face is in this little tiny circle that takes up one one hundredth yeah, of the screen. Exactly. Oh, sorry, wave, wave, probably one one thousandth of the screen. Like, yeah. go take a look at the size of the little thing that you, and then it's like it's hidden at the bottom. There's no text. There's no nothing. It's just like get your dopamine hit. On to the next. Mm -hmm. You're not stopping to be like, what other wonderful content does yeah. this TikTok creator have? <laughs> it's true. No. It, but it, now YouTube yeah. has ruined what they did have, which was that like, yeah, no, we are here for the creator. And they're just being like, oh, great. You guys just want all this stuff. Great. Here's all the stuff. And ultimately, yeah. yeah I think we're, about we're definitely in a, a period of YouTube not having a, a focus that it once had. And I, I hope they can re- I, YouTube is in a space where if they just double down on long form content and said and say we are that'd be smart the place where you can broadcast yourself we're going to give you your channel page people can follow you we don't want people endlessly mindlessly scrolling for short videos but man if they just double down on that what we spent. keep that platform nice and open open up a few more things where you can like figure out how to like spotlight on local creators or just like find some ways to like double down on yeah. that i don't have any i don't have any faith in that anymore and i think what will end up happening is something will come out of this organically because all the creative people are going to go and find a space i think what's going to come be on youtube come out of this is <clears throat> the decline of shorts but the ability and the confidence in creators to produce short form content because there we've seen a number of these guys man carrying thing is a perfect example yeah. of somebody who creates regular horizontal videos 
but they they may be a minute and 10 seconds long or even shorter sometimes, um, which has been a mainstay of YouTube ever since the beginning, people producing short form content, but just not in this mindless scrolling fashion. Right. Not when it's coming, it comes, it's just disingenuous. Just be genuine, be genuine. Be like, hey guys, this isn't about whatever. This is about us, you know, you guys trying something new and figuring out what it looks like for you. Um, and maybe they did try to do that, but just, I, I don't know if it landed with any particular creator. And I think the exodus is led because just people are like, all right, you know, it's been 10 years of expecting YouTube to mm -hmm. maybe figure something out. Or maybe it's more so a 10 year realization of all the creators. It's like YouTube's not here to be that for us. Yeah. So now it is time for us to empower ourselves, which I guess at the end of the day, you and I and everybody who's, you know, moving on with whatever it empowers you to do that yeah. and we will slowly strip away that term youtuber and it'll become less synonymous they will do it to themselves maybe they will like that because they'll just be like great we don't have that responsibility of being everybody's whatever and now we're just another it's like when when actors started uh producing like adam sandler released like three or four movies with netflix it's not like he went around and was like i'm a netflixer <laughs> it's true yeah <laughs> but we i and again it's yeah. i think it's because of so what they created was so unique and special and whatnot but it's like those those really are rose that, that those days are over. history isn't it like those yeah. are the old golden i days. think that yeah. the, the the turning point was when they released the uh the rewind video the one the, the yeah. real cringe one I mean, the worst it's very valid the point. worst video in on youtube the most disliked video yeah. ever and it was yeah. it, i think that was the turning point because before then the youtube rewind was always a fun thing and you could always see yeah. your face and that was youtubers even though most of them were really popular youtubers and most of them you know most people hadn't heard of but it was a good exposure to see kind of this large family of people creating content who sort of knew each other and were kind of we felt like we were all in this little click of hey you know we're still youtubers are still kind of outsiders in a way it's outside yeah. the mainstream but man once they once youtube did that real cringeworthy one with uh will smith <laughs> At the yeah. beginning of it. And they got behind the the rock and all of the late night mm -hmm. hosts. They really did. They we, we talked about it during that time yeah. kind of on the podcast uh, about like, oh, wow, they're really moving towards like, where's the actual YouTubers? And maybe they were just doing that. It's like, we're an entertainment point. Like we're willing to burn that to the ground because like it's a nice to have. Uh, but for us, like it doesn't. doesn't yeah. like, but thankfully yeah. there are still so many YouTubers still coming onto the platform, creating really good content. I mean, the people we talk to on this show. And so there, there's a lot of good happening. I yeah. don't want this to all sound like doom and gloom and YouTube is going to crash and burn and people aren't going to have a place to post content. But what I, I think the, the point for me is that we as YouTubers need to stop looking at YouTube the way it once was and look at it. This is just a huge multi-billion dollar corporation. We're using it to host our videos and it's a good way of discovery and, and all of this. But I think we need to be less emotionally attached to the platform. Mm. And that's it. Cause we kind of found our, like we attached ourselves to it. 
Mm-hmm. Like we were like, we're YouTubers. We created this and we not, not we created this, but like we're the early enough yeah. adopters to have some kind. It's like when your band gets big, your favorite <laughs> band gets big. And then you go to the concert and you, or you see some kid who's like 12 wearing a shirt. And it's like, you weren't even old yeah. enough to know Nirvana. It's like, man, they're such sell. It's like, no, they didn't sell out. They didn't owe you anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> and stuff like that. So I, I guess maybe we're all just as creators being like, maybe, maybe YouTube. Yeah, truly didn't owe us anything. And yeah. we can put our big boy pants on and go out and be like, great, if you like what we're doing or like, and still know to your point where YouTube fits in because it's the ultimate discovery platform. Because yeah. even if you got big on TikTok, that doesn't translate to anything. Yeah. YouTube still is that place where if you can do that and it translates into subscribers or supporters on the platform. And then we're left with the exact same job that we had when we first went into YouTube, which is getting those people completely off of that platform doesn't matter yeah. if they're a subscriber because then you don't have the whatever and it literally comes back to like hey if i resonate with you come over here and give me your email your phone number or like something so yeah, I, mean, we, I can get in touch with you this is what we <laughs> see with music we don't see bands saying they're spotifiers or something but it's a, right. it's a method of discovery for them and i i have this like as a little side note with Spotify, I have this that can love hate relationship you know I, I don't like the way they they barely pay artists it's you know it's kind of sucks and every artist you you talk to or hear about they all say man spotify is kind of horrible but at the same time i'm able to discover artists because of their discovery system that i might not have known about before my my feed in on there is just filled with artists that i've started liking and following because of their recommendation engine and and because it's free for that independent artist or that small artist to be able to get their you know kind of songs right. into the system. Right. So would you? It's a great fa- example. How would you find those small artists before? How are you going to do it? Other, like, yeah. Right. So you kind of need that like big evil. Thing. Like, you need the <laughs> Walmart. Of, yeah. And you need to go to Bentonville and pitch your product to get on the shelves because you know if you get on your shelves, like that's mass market appeal. And as much as we want to demonize that Walmart's in that position, just replace Walmart with anything else. That's kind of the way the world works. Yeah. You need to be discovered and there needs to be something which provides a free version of that. Yeah, And maybe that's ultimately what happened as we grew individually and our needs changed. Oh, I took on a team. Oh, fucking hate that word. <laughs> I took on, a, started my team. <laughs> my channel grew up, so now I'm building my team um Um, but like that like now that's on you that's not you growing a youtube channel anymore because you've already accomplished that you accomplished that by putting some videos up now you're building a business which is a production company and a content Mm -hmm. whatever whatever it is that you want it to be but like don't now just like take that term and be like i'm a youtuber simply because like that's where you upload your stuff yeah I mean, YouTube is great. I, I do discover a lot of new channels and new people on there just because if you're if you're watching enough videos on there, certain variety of certain things you like, you're going to get more of it. And you'll you'll find these yep. people that you would have never have known about. Where are you going to find out some of these obscure channels, you know, and you find them because of their their algorithm, the recommendation engine. It, it works. And where are you going to find the best videos on hating YouTube than on YouTube itself? <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah. People complaining about YouTube. Yeah. Did that video trend? Did they make the game theory trend? The, the I've one seen about anti-YouTube videos. Oh, the short before, one. Yeah, so I know I know it's just that yeah. like they don't have a silly like, oh, let's suppress it because people don't like they don't care. It's just Matt Pat's video yesterday about him quitting was number one on trending. 
And that's, I mean, it was all over Rhett. Like that kind of is. Just a, he was an emotional wreck. I don't want to say, like personally, that's a bigger, uh, uh, more significant removal than Tom Scott. Mind you, I was never heavily, heavily, heavily into Tom Scott. Yeah, I would, uh, Tom Scott was somebody I would dip in and out of. because, And it was, it's funny because it's one of those channels that, Whenever I watched a video, I was ended pretty satisfied with it, but for some reason mm-hmm. I didn't like, you know, I wasn't a completist or anything with his videos, but he always made it. And he, there's an example of somebody who always stuck to short form content. I don't think he hardly yeah. ever made any videos longer than six or seven minutes long. So again, how are you supposed to make any money whatsoever? <laughs> well, you don't, Bye, Tom. <laughs> don't get that mid-roll ad in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's very true. So do you think we're just at this point now where we're like a, a solid decade in and this is why we're seeing so many people dropping off this year? Or do you think it's just coincidence or we're just kind of seeing it because we, we're, what's the term of when you see things because you're looking for them? <laughs> and maybe a bit of both, yeah. but I'm also, I, I've been learning about like uh, the concept of nine-year life cycles, mm. how like everything in one's life kind of has a three years of being interested in something, three years of doing something well, and three years of winding down from oh, this kind is of things. Interesting. And we all go through cycles oh. like this. And sometimes you can go through multiple cycles. And I think we, or just kind of seeing everything through that, mm-hmm. like human experience of like, we discover something, we fucking go a hundred percent at it. And then it varies for a bit. And then it kind of just like, that sounds like every interest I have. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I deep dive that's into why everything the f- like all at once and then I sounds like relationships yeah. it sounds like and it allows it, you to also be free with not having to drag things through mm-hmm. people who are uh, being separated or people who have loss in their lives or whatever like not everything's going to be the same and it's fine to like set a new and have a new cycle and whatever so the first nine year cycle was from 2000 and 10 probably to 2019 or 2018 or whatever in and around from the birth of something to the peak of something and now there's we're closing in on a second cycle so Mm. like what what is the next thing they tried a whole bunch of things to grow in different directions um and it's worked however it's worked they're still it's exactly kind of where they are which is great um but now there's not as much like five years ago it felt like you were part of something and you understood the whole curve of something and now it's just everything everything's just content and everybody knows that you have a it's not special to have a youtube channel anymore and now it's just kind of whatever so people are now now maybe looking at like okay great what's my next thing like i don't want to like think about now what it's like to stand out on youtube so what what kind of is the next you know thing for me and that's what it was for me. And it for me, it's not going to be stepping, well, it's stepping away from YouTube. It's not quitting YouTube. It's figuring out how to make the content, um, make as much money for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. If I'm just going to be perfectly honest, the thought is like, clearly we can't put in the same amount of effort. We are in a place where we have evergreen content and we can keep repurposing our content in very clever ways. Um, but now it's just about like, how do we manage to make as much money for as long as possible while slowly moving people towards our programs or our eBooks right. or other things, which we hold on our website, which we can control. We have full, you know, capabilities and we make all of them. We don't need to split it with someone else. We don't need to like uh, do any of that. 
And I think there's just a lot of savvy YouTubers out there that are in the exact same place where it's like, I'd just much rather concentrate on my business, which I, I'm much happier about. And and like just mm -hmm. like I think that just the time is done. The time is done and the thinking like I can build a business from social media. You can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Now you need to have a business and maybe use social media to get new, but it's not that same. I mean, we called it, right? You said the golden years or whatever. Yeah. Golden, age, golden age of YouTube. Age. Yeah. Like, I think what also we're seeing is that when you use the term business too, I think that's an important one because a lot of YouTubers get in it and their, their only source of income is AdSense and sponsored spots. And of yeah. course, you maybe file taxes as a business and you set yourself up as a business. But the difference is, can you do some innovative business things that take you away from this being stuck with just YouTube and those two sources of income. And so yeah. that's a, that's the difference between, I think, being the hashtag entrepreneur that everybody puts in their Instagram bio <laughs> <laughs> because they have some sponsored spots and actually setting up a business and, and kind of having a plan of how to proceed and how to move forward and how to make money from other sources. Exit plans, understanding that things have certain lifespans and all of the rest. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, where would you be if you didn't have the ability to sell courses? Yeah. Would you still be on YouTube in any fashion whatsoever? Yeah. You would be, you'd just be. I'd still be probably doing the sponsored spots and, and being kind of miserable doing that. And you'd be broke. You'd still be drinking. <laughs> just you'd have a long beard. Yeah, probably. Drowning in my not. sorrow. I can't, you know, it's funny looking back on those, those few years. I don't even remember how many years it was where I was posting a video, a project video every single week. And it was, yeah, it's hard to imagine doing that now. I have just, I, I can, I look back on, cause I'm re redoing a lot of those old projects and making new videos from them now, which I really thoroughly enjoy doing cause I can make the videos way better. But I look back on those, I'm like, holy shit, how did I do that? Because I'm making the exact same project now. I'm, of course, I'm filming a lot more of it. But wow, I think maybe I just took a lot of shortcuts on the woodworking or something because there's no way I could make a video a week now. And it was colossal how many times like you didn't have a call to action. Your call to action was just to like subscribe, like yeah. the amount of content, which we realize now, like, hey, if you really just want long term sustainability, you need to put something in something that does fairly well and gets lots of views. And then you look back at all these videos that you're producing weekly yeah. just to get more followers or just to continue the like algorithm and end up with subscribers <laughs> finding to see channels now that literally do have a million two million subscribers and are truly dead channels yeah dead channels which like what does 1.2 million subscribers mean when that yeah, number is that's the thing archaic like you look old at those, subscribers yep <laughs> So even if you did want to fire up a huge thing, like we're at that smosh recently, just for, smosh. like no matter how much you get behind it, you will just. It's, it's funny you mentioned them because remember when they came back? Hey, it's just the two Anthony and Ian again, and and everybody was so excited. And that video they did with where they came back just killed it. I mean, it was it did so, like what a, their first video was six million views. 
4.2 million, 2.4, 1.7. You see the trend here? So now they're releasing videos that seem to be sitting at 300, oh, 400,000 views. And so they're getting basically down to the same numbers they had when they had the, the huge team and it was run by Defy, which actually isn't a bad thing because we've talked about this last week when we didn't record a podcast is this whole trend of getting rid of these large teams that you're supposed to have and just kind of getting down to a core group of people. So, you know, maybe Anthony and Ian are doing pretty well with the smaller amount of views compared to when they had this massive team. I'm going to put a, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say, I wish the best. I really do. Yeah. But I can't see a video which has had more than a million views in a month on the channel. Yeah. And they've released 429K, 530. And again, yeah, it's two months know, ago. We, we are those people who like, hey, don't look at someone's whatever. But no. This is what two months, two three months removed from one yeah. of the remarkable announcement that trended, and everybody's like da 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 da. They are back to complete obscurity, and literally, uh, Anthony is dead with a dead oh, yeah, picture of that. Anthony. Yeah, and that didn't even like even with them being the most clickbaity, they can't fetch a million views on something like that with yeah. twenty six point. Do you want to? Do you want me to give you my my armchair analysis of this? That's what we're here for. <laughs> okay. I'm looking at their, their page right now. First of all, at the, at, when they started getting, the two of them got back together, everybody was nostalgic and everybody was hoping, yes, produce that content that we loved so much back in 2010. And they did that. And all of a sudden people realized, oh, yeah, but that's sort of like 2010. Maybe they should. I'm looking at it as a couple of guys in their mid 30s kind of doing content that looks like they sh were doing when they were 17 and it it doesn't seem in fact one of their recent videos is about annoying annoying orange creator breaks down controversies do most people even know who annoying orange is anymore i mean <laughs> that's that's an and old is this reference and is this video a sit-down fireside chat with a big podcasty looking sign in the background? And like, I, I'm not too sure. Oh, that's right. That's a like, 55 minute. Oh, so this this is a. Can we just like. Oh, this is right. like a podcast. It's literally just, right. So. I don't know. I, and this, this is kind of evident of the content. If you look at something like their most recent video, again, them sitting down and talking. Oh yeah, and you're it's right. flashback. So with they're Smosh. doing the same thing that they're they on a were doing. They're calling it, and that's what they were doing before the two of them got together, back together. Is that their, their team was doing these kind of videos? And it's literally a a, a a a deconstructed podcast. Wow, they're going through and they just watch old videos and they're like, "Hey, we." But used then to do the this, videos that they that, do make, scraping. Are they do a lot of these flashback ones? What's that? Are they just recreating their old videos? I'm not really sure. Um. What's going on? Oh, yeah, there's the My Dead Friend one. They had a trailer for that. So that's like original content, six minutes long. That was their sweet spot back in the day, 775,000 views. So, yeah, I think that this might be a kind of an interesting case study in maybe sometimes it's best to just kind of let things lie where they are and maybe just move on from it. Or if you want to get the two back together, I think – you just got to do something to totally new and different. Bring it up to date, kind of where you are now. I know there's there's a lot of that, you know, nostalgic 
bait that you're trying to get, but I don't know, frankly, who's, who's their audience? Like, and it, it kind of loses the mystique, doesn't it? Like one of the coolest things about member berries, they call those member berries. Remember when oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they would be put oh, into video. Remember? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember when they were just the hottest thing on the internet. So I don't know. I, I don't know. But they've lost the, but they just, they've lost the mystique. Now they're just over, like now it's just, nah, you guys are just making a thing where it's like, now you're holding back. Uh, I was going to say like the amazing thing about Oasis, the band, is that like they still haven't done the like, oh, let's get back together. And <laughs> yeah. maybe they will. They and it's probably going to suck if they do. <laughs> One of the coolest things sometimes is like when they just ride that mystique of like yeah. Pink Floyd doesn't need to get back together. Even if you think that's what you want. Yeah, you're right. Don't let it happen. Yeah. You know, just allow that to like have a stop. They could have come back together and been like, guys, come over here for slam a bam a good time but what they're doing is like no 26.5 million mm. on this channel we need to well i think over anthony here. padilla is a good example because he started his own channel when he left smosh originally it was doing really well his channel was killing it i mean just interviews with youtubers because it's different it was just really cool because it was a brand new format that he was trying out and it just took off the first when he first started his channel he didn't know exactly what it was going to become yeah. and then shortly after few months he started doing these interviews and it became a really really cool thing and so i think that's a good example of yeah you just use your what people like about you your personality everything about you and just try something new with it and i think one of the things i i, I remember hearing somebody say was that when you're trying something new you can't just try it once. You have to keep doing it again and again. And because, you know, that first new thing you're trying, people may be really resistant to it. Like, what is this? I hate this thing. But if you just keep at it after a few more tries, you'll be surprised on how people get up to speed with it and like it. It's it's amazing advice because I actually heard similar advice on a podcast uh, uh, recently. Um, but it is the truth. Like you just need to do something and you actually need to do something different, which makes you worried because like people might not like this because it's different, but that's way more, uh, difficult yeah. <laughs> than it is to be like, Oh, let's just do the thing that we think they, whatever, or like, let's do this. Cause it looks like it might, whatever, yeah. or, and I think you just really lose that opportunity to try something new. And, uh, what I heard it was was in the uh, in the context of imperson like uh, imposter syndrome, oh, mm -hmm. and this this the, the the point was you can't be an imposter if you're a beginner, mm -hmm. as in like people not worrying about like oh I'm 40 years old and I want to write a book but I can't write a book because I'm 40 years old and I, I like people like I'm not a writer da da da, but if you're saying I'm I'm a beginner and I'm going to write a book, it kind of eliminates that feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm an imposter. So allow yourself to be a beginner and try something and do something and not be good at it. But the more you put something under your belt, the more a new idea takes shape. And that's the thing that truly is appealing to, at least to me as a viewer, when I come across something, it's like, wow, I've 
I've never seen someone do this before. That's really, because it's share, like the truly shareable stuff, the stuff that you'll send to like a friend or something like that. That only comes from like you trying something new. Right. Definitely not ever going back to your analytics and being like, aha, <laughs> Eureka, here's a great idea. Because <laughs> there was a spike on one video. <laughs> I said the word Spanish toaster. So I'm going to start my next video with Spanish toaster. Well, Steve. What, what have we accomplished here today, Chad? <laughs> we have accomplished managing to talk for another hour um, openly about what I think this podcast will be titled, which is why are so many YouTubers quitting? Yeah. YouTube uh, bracket emotional. <laughs> yeah, you got to put the emotional part in there. <laughs> uh, uh, and then maybe we can have some crying emojis or maybe we'll just <laughs> title this We're Quitting Podcasting, which isn't the case no. actually because I love being a See, podcast. this is one I of those things. Mind. This is one of those I like passion that projects that I need, you know? And I think this is what we were talking about is that I, did, I have this desire to make art and make creative things aside from my day job and have it be created when you have the space to create it and have this space be the space that you understand is for doing that and not for oh making the next video or like what's the next thumbnail going to be and perhaps that's frustrating from a listener's perspective because you get two weeks in between uploads or <laughs> whoever whenever like, we decide to post a, a, a podcast yeah. even though we but that's we, we so there's like six or so podcasts that we've recorded that are never we've never even posted because <laughs> we're just like well now it's just so old it's not worth posting yes. it's not worth editing and putting out there so we really should put that new year's episode out and then we well, should that do one new i want to put out because that was last week yes yeah, so I, I do want to put that one it was two weeks ago we 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 recorded it but no i think that's a good one we'll do the resolutions one but there was one before yes. that and I, I started editing it and I thought, well, this is like so dated now. We should, <laughs> it's really bad. All right. We'll get, on, we'll yeah. get on track somehow. But see, it's because we don't care. No, and we don't. And maybe it works. I mean, I care this, about the, the podcast the and I care about what we're talking about. But I, I don't really, it doesn't matter if it's getting, who who's... I shouldn't say it doesn't matter who's listening. I'm really saying this all wrong it, for no, anybody no, no. listening to this. No, no, no. It's actually all right because it's truly what we're coming down to. It's the same reason why YouTubers are stepping off the platform and just being like, I, I'm not here to like, it's the thing that Root Group Ruben said. I'm not making this for anybody else. I make this for myself. And I, that's why I love the fact that the people who do listen to it, I guess listen to it because it comes across that way maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we're doing something right. I hope so. I enjoy. I it. hope so too. Yeah, but we we. But watch. Keep bookmark this space. Follow us or or bookmark. or whatnot. Because you can actually follow now. You actually can. What a great thing to bring up after talking about how little we want followers. <laughs> but you can now. You can follow on Spotify. You should be Apple sure to follow and, and subscribe and, follow and like and rate and, <laughs> and like this video. And the comment question today is. I don't know, Steve. Have none. I have nothing either. We also need to do, yeah, formal intros and outros. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. We'll, 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 we'll get this ship rolling. <laughs> After four years, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>